Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today's show is what I consider to be the perfect show to start a new year off right. And can we just say how amazing it is when Amanda has her voice back? <laughs> the, like the first couple of weeks of February, I was battling strep throat and tonsillitis. I lost my voice. And last week's show, I was still a little wonky. My voice was not perfect. I was actually really holding back because my throat was still a little scratchy. And I was struggling to get my words out. So... I'm excited to be back on here full speed ahead with, you know, full voice and lots of energy, lots of positivity and feeling like I could go out and kick ass and take some names. And that's why you want to have good health right there. <laughs> so I think that you're going to be really excited to listen to today's show. Um, I think that so many of us are, you know, it, it's challenging we are, are in the midst of a pandemic and these are times that we've never seen before and we're experiencing things that we've never ever experienced before. So I think that my guest today, who is Dane Stevens, is going to really uplift you and show you that anything and everything is possible. He wrote this incredible book called Reclaim Your Power and not only is this book filled with Dane's incredible story, oh my God, as I was reading it, I was like, this can't possibly be true. This can't possibly happen to one person. But he literally goes to hell and back. He has this uh, crazy experience with a healer and um, it, it's just, you go on a wild ride with him. But it's not just a biography on him because he also offers up incredible and tangible tips that will help you get your ass back in order, will get you back on track and get you to where you want to go. Minus the headache and, you know, the five to six plus years that it took him to get there. FYI, that's the reason why you always want to work with a coach and a healer, right? You don't want to take six years to get there. You want to skip all that and get to the good stuff right away. And so that's what he really shares in this book is why he created the system to help you heal through your trauma and what happened to him to make him come up with this system. And what I think is really inspiring about Dane's story is that many of you are experiencing various different hardships, whether you've lost your job, you're going through a divorce. FYI, I have five friends who are currently going through a divorce and it all started because of the pandemic. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you're being forced to move, you're stressed out because you're trying to figure out how to manage your kids, whether they go to school, they don't go to school, whatever it is, you're going to learn today that after hearing Dane's story, 
Everything is absolutely possible and he has a solution to help. Quick side note, I am so excited to announce that my Patreon page is, yes, it's finally live. I know that several of you have emailed wanting to know where to go, how to sign up, what the heck is going on, Amanda? Well, problem is, is I got sick and so I haven't been on the show for several weeks and so, you know, creates a little bit of confusion. But the good news is, it's officially live. And let me tell you, I've already made three kick-ass videos for the third level, tier three, whatever you want to call it. And when you join, you're going to get the first one immediately. And next ones, uh, next months is equally just as good. Oh my God, it's so good. I share just some really cool things that uh, I've experienced in the real estate world, some weird design details that I've encountered. Uh, One in particular was at a showing that I did a couple of weeks ago, just before I got sick actually. But I show you exactly what I would do and how I would fix it with feng shui. And I give you inside the video, I I show you with uh, real pictures and everything of what I would do. So if you're really wanting to learn more tips and tricks about feng shui, but more importantly, if you want to connect with more like-minded people and you want to connect with me more personally, that is why I've created this page. That's why I've done this. I've been doing this podcast and I've been doing videos and I've been doing all this stuff and I've just been shoving it out into the ethers and I have no real way to connect with you. So I'm most excited about the the level three, tier three, whatever Patreon calls it, because that's where I have the chat room and I've got a way where I can connect with you. But more importantly, you can connect with each other. You know, it's so nice to have like-minded people where you can have a safe space, a safe place to go to chat about the woo-woo things of the world. I was just talking to my good friend Molly last night and we were talking about how, you know, how great it is to get together and to go to lunch and to talk to one another because we can go there. We can talk about whatever the hell we want and, you know, nothing is off limits. There's no boundaries with us. We go there. And so I want to create a space where you can have that too. Because a lot of you reach out to me and you tell me that you're the only one, that nobody understands you, and you can't possibly talk about these things with your friends and family. Well, now you can. This is a place that you're going to be able to go to, to talk with other like-minded people and connect with me. So that's why I'm so excited about it. I've put the link inside of the show notes so that you can go directly over there. And it's in tier three that I've got the chat room and all the cool stuff. But if that's not something that you're interested in for right now, there's two other tiers where you can still connect, get information about feng shui and support me, which is also something that I would really enjoy. All right. So back to the man of the hour. I think that this show is going to really inspire you, even if you're not going through a hardship. I think that, you know, we've all had times in our life where we've struggled or we've really uh, felt like we've slammed up against a wall, otherwise known as adversity. (laughs) But you're going to hear this story today and it's going to make you realize, you know what, I got to keep going. I got to stay on this journey because in every journey that we go on, there's a gift. It might be very small, but it becomes something that becomes very valuable in our life. And I got to tell you, as a new real estate agent, you know, I've only been, uh, this summer, I will have been doing it for two years now. And, you know, I've had moments in, while I'm doing it, I'm like, oh my God, good grief. What the hell am I doing? I'm not cut out for this. Like, this is just too hard. 
And I don't want to do this. Like, I want to go back to my comfort zone. I want to go back to interior design and feng shui and my comfort zone where I've been for 22 years because I can do that in my sleep. It's comfy. So now you throw me in this new career and I'm still doing the other things as well. But this new thing, oh my gosh, it's so uncomfortable. And it, you know, there's so many circumstances and situations where I find myself, you know, I'm in my 40s and I'm like, Oh, God, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I got to look that up or I've got to find that out. And it's a very strange feeling to be in in my 40s, especially when I've had a very successful career in something for 22 years. So I think after reading Dane's book, I realized it's these chapters in our lives that really catapult us into our greatest purpose, into our greatest gifts. And that's where we can really shine. And that's how we really step into how we're going to help and serve the world. So today you're going to learn about how this man made millions of dollars, created a incredible company. And because he couldn't find love, he decided to go to a healer. And after that experience, his entire life fell apart. He became homeless. He became an avid seeker and for more than six years through this crazy journey emerged this powerful healer that now helps others and shows them how to heal and then thrive through their trauma. It's incredible. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hi, Dane. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Great to be here. I know. I'm so excited to have Dane on. We were just talking uh, before the show. He's a Pisces. So this is going to be a really good, <laughs> deep, fun, mystical conversation. I can't wait. Um, so your book uh, is, you know, we, we were just joking around that you went to hell and back. And I would definitely agree. Your book is called Reclaim Your Power to Create Your Best Life. And I want to, you know, obviously the audience hasn't read the book yet. So I want to give them a little bit of foundation of how all this craziness uh, really started in your life. And you talk about a pretty uh, idyllic childhood up until about six years old, and mm -hmm. something happens with a neighborhood boy. And this kind of sets forth what we were just talking about at the top of the show. Uh, we were talking about how many of us have a VHS tape that's kind of running uh, inside of us, taking notes, taking things down, and then it's still running in our adult life and we don't even realize it. So explain to the audience what happened to you. So like you spoke about, um, I had that incident when I was uh, from six to eight years old. It was a sexual abuse incident. It's not exactly uncommon these days. And I say I forgot about it, but you can't forget about something like that. It was so confusing and overwhelming for my young mind that I blocked it out. And what is not in the book, actually, is it was I was in my... Uh, early 20s when I had my first uh, intimate love experience where I fell in love. And my mother always told me that when you fall in love, you're going to fall hard because I was a very black and white guy. I was a, a jock, a hockey player and so on. And I really didn't. Things were black and white. If I couldn't touch it, taste it, feel it, smell it, wasn't real. And that was that. Was that. So when I did fall in love, these feelings came up that I did not know how to deal with and, and you know, kind of threw me off, off the rails. And that's where what happened for me is, you know, I'm going to talk about sexual abuse just briefly. It can be very 
confusing because on one level, if it's not violent, it can feel good, which can really mess, especially with a, a young psyche, not understanding, feeling like knowing something is not right here, but still having that part that feels good. So when I had my first intimate love experience, guess what that triggered? That first you know, as much as a person might hate to admit it, my first love experience, my intimate loving experience was a sexual abuse experience. So that's what got triggered. And I remembered 16, 17 years later, whatever it was. And so I had a real spiritual awakening at that time. That's where I literally experienced the crystal within me. But I also was uh, awakened that memory. And I felt so like, like my soul was bleeding through this relationship, which was only about a year and a half and it was very tumultuous and it wasn't, it didn't warrant the, the level of emotion that came out of me. But what happened was all that wounding and all that hurt from that childhood, childhood abuse experience that came up that I was not able to deal with or didn't deal with and didn't know how to deal with and didn't have anybody to um, help me through it. So that was what, got buried and, and fast forward until I was in my mid thirties where, you know, I, I kind of discovered my spirituality there and uh, learned a lot about you know, the spiritual aspect. I wasn't how to manifest and so on, but I hadn't dealt with this issue. And at this point in my life, in my mid thirties, I was doing very well in my life, had a successful business, making good money, uh, had good employees and some traveling, living in a gorgeous place off the ocean, all that stuff, except for my relationships, which I would sabotage or destroy really and seek intimacy right away elsewhere. It became such a pattern where I knew I had to look at it. So I went and did a bunch of, of groups and that didn't quite work. And I did some counseling and many different types of, of therapy and so on. And nothing seemed to help until I was referred to this um, therapist slash healer. And here's what you, you, you asked about Amanda. I saw her and she assessed me and she said I had a circuit in my lower chakra. And really all that means is, is stuck energy. And uh, I'll talk about the nervous system. I'm sure later in this, in this interview, but things stay stuck looping in our nervous system, trying to process themselves. And that's what this was. And she said it was stuck in my body and my lower chakras, which make, made sense. And uh, she asked me if I would like to force it out. Or she said she likened it to hitting a home run. And I was, once again, doing very well in my life. Uh, felt really grounded and have a strong spiritual practice, um, healthy and, and making good money and all that stuff. So I didn't think I could be thrown off the rails again or through this. And I didn't know anything about trauma at that time either. So I didn't know what that entailed. And I said, sure, let's go for a home run. AKA forced the trauma out of me. And she did. And I remember vividly, even to this day where I was twisted in some different position on the bed and she's telling me to go there, go there. And I was so out in the ozone, I literally couldn't tell which way was up. And when I got off the bed, uh, she had me on a table there off the table, I was unstable, scared, had this energy running through me that, that was just, you know, it's like I was plugged into a 220 volt outlet and I couldn't handle it. I assumed that it would pass, but it did not. And I kept seeing her, but this energy kept running inside of me, this fearful, scared, uh, unstable energy. And as I, you know, eventually I ran out of money. 
uh, she wasn't cheap, but I mean, it was about 18 months, I, I was broke. And she quit seeing me because I ran out of money, but also I think more so because she didn't know how to fix it. And I literally remember yelling to her on the phone, you can't leave me like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, and from that, it put me on a mad search to figure out what the hell happened to me and how to get my life back. So there's the story of my, my journey into, into hell. And, and there, there's more than that. In the second book, I, I, I guess I need to say this now. In the, I have a second book coming out in 2021, and it goes into the empowerment aspect. And the, the start of that book says, and now the truth. Because this book introduces the neurotrauma healing process and deals with trauma. But I also know that I asked for that. And it took me a long time to realize where I asked for that. But I did ask for that. Specifically, not unwittingly and not knowing what I was asking. But uh, it's, it's what happened to me has made me into a trauma specialist and allowed me to discover this work, which I feel people need to know about. So it's not about going into spiritual bypass and, and, and not doing our work. We have to do our work. But I just have to acknowledge the fact that uh, she was doing what I asked her to do. So I want to back up a little bit. You just gave us a lot of information and I have a yep. lot of questions. <laughs> yep. All right, there so we go. You do mention a little bit in the book about this first relationship that you said lasted about 18 months. I believe this is the same woman that you got engaged with. Is that correct? Yes. yes. So, okay. You get into this relationship, you have somehow suppressed these memories and you get into this relationship and you break up and your world falls apart when these memories start coming back, I'm just curious, what is it like, you know, obviously this loop has been running in you, but you haven't really been paying attention. You don't really realize what is it like to suddenly have all these memories come up and you're like, Oh shit. Oh yeah. This really happened. Like, I'm curious why one, these emotions and memories come up at this time. And you're like, Oh my God, I totally forgot about this. No wonder. And number two, why you don't do anything about it until you're in your mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. And like I say, I say, I forgot about it. You can't forget about something like that. You, you mean it was so confusing that I blocked it out. And so let me explain how we process information. And that will explain exactly how and why I suppressed this. And this is important for people to understand. And uh, also to understand if they do have something looping in their nervous system and they can understand or, or hopefully recognize it. So how we process information is it comes in through the right brain. The right brain is color, sound, imagination, formless. It experiences it through the, through the senses, all of the senses, and then sends it to the left brain to be made sense of, understood, filed. If the information that that left brain gets is too scary, too outrageous, too bizarre, it can't process it, it can't look at it fully properly. So it rejects it and sends it back to the right brain. What does the right brain do? The right brain does what the right brain does, sees it, feels it, experiences it in its entirety and sends it to the left brain to be made sense of, filed and understood. If it's still too much, too overwhelming for that left brain, it rejects it again, sends it back to the right brain and the cycle has begun. This is what is termed a trauma something stuck looping in your nervous system unprocessed and it keeps trying to process it because that this is the machine of the sub of the well i can't say the subconscious but the nervous system 
to process things. The brain's MO is survival. So it doesn't want this barrage of unwanted, potentially dangerous and harmful information to get in its way of survival. So it pushes it out of the way, hence to the subconscious. Is it gone? Is it out of the way? Not at all. Still very much alive, trying to be trying to process itself in your nervous system unsuccessfully, stuck or trapped somewhere in your body. Okay, so, let me stop you right there because yeah. I want to share this. I think that this yeah. is really important. Yeah. Um, I highlighted this. I underlined this. I put it in quotes. I mean, I thought this was really important from the book. So just put a pin in, in where you are. Remember what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're uh, good. Okay, page 21 in Dane's book. He says, Fighting Shadows in the Dark, which is such a great title. Uh, it's like dealing with trauma. You can feel it, but it's so hard to uncover and deal with an issue that we cannot see clearly or get a hold of. Trauma can also be described like trying to drive a car while looking in the rearview mirror. It is very difficult, if not impossible, to stay on the road and move forward if we are continually forced to look backward. This is what trauma does to us. It forces us to look back. It steals the present moment from us and takes us away from what really is happening. I thought that that was so important. And as you're talking about how it's basically oscillating between the right brain and the left brain, it's like our system literally doesn't know what to do with it. And I find this poignant because when you talk about animals, they hit the darn window, they shake it off and they go on. Yeah. And yet we don't, we haven't had a technique until yours to shake it off until now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, just to qualify, this is not new information. It's just that nobody has developed it. So it's, it's time uh, because, yeah, we do not have to stay in this. We're, we're either in a state of fight or flight or freeze and immobility because of this somewhere in our life. So, and you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that doesn't have some degree of what is the term, the term trauma looping within them. And yeah. I, and I, I think you're right in that. You talk about that a lot in the book, how pretty much everyone is walking around with some sort of uh, trauma. And you say that when trauma occurs, time stops, and then we split off. And, you know, I'm curious, going back to the question of why did you not do something and you waited until 35? Do you think it was a coping mechanism? Do you think that you were just like, I'm just going to set that aside, I don't need to deal with it now? Or did you think it just didn't matter? No. And the thing is, that's where it's been, you know, quite the journey. Because originally, you know, it, it got blocked out and, and, you know, it's got pushed to my subconscious. I get that now. I wasn't able to cope with or to deal with it. It was just a young, undeveloped mind. But, at, you know, through the breakup, I went to counselors and so on. And nobody ever, it was never addressed. I saw a number of counselors, you know, in the years, in the couple of years preceding uh, that breakup. And it never got dealt with. And mm. it's not like I tried to hide or didn't talk about it. I guess they just didn't have the tools. It's all been quite, uh, quite baffling, actually, as, as in this journey, and especially in discovering this, because it's been here the, old the whole time. And I, in the book, I talk about it's like electricity. It's always been here, showing us how we're working, giving us access to these parts. We just haven't known it. We just haven't had access to it because we haven't known about it. So, well, and I think once again, we were talking about this before we started recording is that, you know, we were talking about the name of the show and, and how I, I was saying how everything starts with energy and our modern uh, 
allopathic system, you know, is very black and white and it doesn't want to treat anything until there's an actual symptom. And by that point, I mean, you're full steam ahead. And so it sounds like a lot of the practitioners that you were going was, they were really trying to approach this um, from an allopathic Western frame of mind. They weren't really looking at it. And then the one practitioner that you had that did do energy, she just like broke you. (laughs) Well, you know, and in that, that was the start. That was, you know, uh, the start of of this journey uh, to higher consciousness. But I, like you talked about the the previous ones, uh, I think most of the time what we're, we end up getting with dealing with trauma is coping skills and how to cope with it or compensate for it. There has, and, and that being said, there's some great people out there. So I'm not, you know, knocking any other modality. If it feels right to you, then it is. But yes, we can bring it to resolution. And a matter of fact, we need to bring it to resolution within us in order to truly be healed. Other than that, we are coping with it or compensating for it. So, so let's talk about your nervous system, because I, I think it's, I think a lot of people need to better understand how trauma works and when an event occurs to us, whether you're a child or, you know, you even talk about in the book how uh, trauma looks as, as we progress and, and get into our teen years and, and so on and so forth. And I find it so interesting how trauma operates in our nervous system. And you explain what you just said a minute ago, feeling like 220 volt, how you went from 120 to 220. And I'm curious, you know, what what does that feel like? I mean, it almost sounds like you had a Kundalini awakening of sorts because, you know, when, when we look at the energy system of the chakras, we're talking about the root chakra here and the mystics and seers have said forever that this is where the Kundalini energy is. And this woman, you know, tells you to go there and it's like an explosion occurs, but neither one of you were prepared for this. Yeah. And you're, you're exactly right. That's what happened to me. I got my Kundalini, uh, yanked out, forced out. And like you talk about the mystics, you know, they talk about people going crazy from that. And I get that. And (laughs) we have to understand what we're dealing with, both as energy healers and, you know, in in the medical field or or not necessarily the medical field, but in the psychology field, uh, we need to understand what we're dealing with because the body, the nervous system is fragile. And, uh, you know, to, to force something out in regards to trauma is exactly the wrong thing to do. Once again, I know that I asked for it, but, you know, anybody you who's didn't looking- You didn't know what you were asking for. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, I shouldn't even mention that until the, the next book kind of thing. But I just have to say that, I, you know, it's not like I was victimized in, in the big picture of things. But, uh, you know, there's another, you know, what I've learned from working with people doing this work Uh, the way I have over the years is maybe just maybe that's the way the game is set up where we keep experiencing something cyclical, something chronic in our life. It keeps, whether it be with our health, our wealth, our finances. And until we go inside and discover either the, the experience and or belief that has been formed, it's going to keep happening. And I really believe, you know, especially in this time uh, we are, you know, being called inside because that's where our life comes from. That's where the keys for our life are. And we haven't known how to do that inner work, how to connect in that way. And that's hopefully what we can help people show people to do and give them the keys to their life back. 
Well, and I, I, you know, as I was reading your story, I really think that the five to six year time period where, and I think you should explain this to the audience. I'm, I'm going to summarize here, but your life does fall apart. You end up homeless for a short time. Um, you, you, you mentioned living in some of the homes that you were doing construction on. I mean, you were really trying to, you know, fly by the seat of your pants, but free fall. Yeah. yeah. And, and I really see that as the dark night of the soul. You had yeah. to go through that experience because you have to hit rock bottom to force you to get, you know, not only your own shit together, but to figure out a solution. And you were really being the seeker. You were looking at all these different avenues. And, and I, yeah. I believe her name was Hazel, one of the, the first people that you found that had a similar experience. Then yeah. you find Dr. Bradshaw's work, but you would not have found those. The universe would not have provided you that information had you not had this dark night of the soul. So explain to the audience this experience that you went through. You know, all hell breaks loose. You lose all your money. You lose your business. You end up homeless. Um, but it's ultimately how you get to where you are now, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, you, you just kind of summed it up there. Uh, I lost everything and went and she wouldn't even speak to me after that. Um, so I had to, you know, seek out uh, anybody I could possibly think of that might be able to help me. And most people had not a clue. And it took me five years before I ran into Hazel, who is a uh, trauma specialist in Los Angeles. And uh, she explained how trauma works. She was a student of Peter Levine and uh, she worked with Bert Hellinger and uh, Bessel van der Kolk and all the, the, the big guys. So she really understood trauma. And the biggest part of relief I got from working with, with Hazel was the fact that she had the same thing happen to her. She had a uh, therapist, healer, what have you, try to force a trauma out of her and it totally messed her up. And that's how she became a trauma specialist as well. So it was great to see somebody who had experienced what I had experienced and came back fully and was healthy. So that gave me great hope. And, uh, but it wasn't until I connected with the John Bradshaw left right brain process that I actually made the connection to that wounded part within me. And that was a very liberating moment where I went, Oh my God, I've made the connection and I knew it. And I kept trying to, um, make it safe and have this part of me unfreeze to, to bring it out of that fearful place, you know, ultimately into this present moment. And, and I couldn't, it was a left, right brain process, left, right brain writing process. And I, I did it for months and months and uh, I couldn't bring it, make it safe and end up like fighting with myself, trying to make it safe and got, go to the point of ridiculous. <laughs> I was laughing as I read that in the book, <laughs> how frustrated you were getting. For God's sakes, would you get out of there? And, and just that didn't work very well. So, but then I ran into Mary, who was, who had done this work. And I actually, before that, I, I, I couldn't do it on my own. So I tried to find somebody who would do this kind of work, who knew this work. Nobody did. And I tried to talk counselors or therapists into it. Nobody would do it. It took me months until I found Mary, who was literally across the street from me. Um, to uh, work kismet with. right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, yeah, there's some real huge, of course, synchronicities in, in my story. It's crazy, but uh, it's she really not with, though. This is your path and your purpose. Oh yeah. 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 And so within two months after working with Mary, uh, I was, I had what I call traction and that was a consistently healthy and positive relationship with the life within me. And from there, I took the work over on my own and the process I teach now just poured out of me. And, 
it, it took me, it traveled a lot further than I had any idea. I just wanted out of the stator fight or flight. And uh, so I got the relief. But what I didn't understand is when we are able to, to slow down and stop those tapes from running incessantly within us, what happens is that creates a space within us. And that space or peace, same thing, is naturally and automatically filled with what I'll call higher consciousness. And that gets down to the very core of our being of what we really are, this higher consciousness. And the foundation or characteristics of it are peace, uh, creativity, power, ease, playfulness, joy. And, and these uh, say almost euphoric feelings at the time came up and I expected them to pass too, but they did not. They are always there. And it is quite simply rising above the level of thought and, you know, in the subconscious mind, we have these parts looping within us, which we're not completely aware of. But when we are able to slow them and silence them, we are brought back into this present moment where our power only always ever is. So it's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that the process that you came up with is really fantastic. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I, I definitely want to experiment with it. And I want to talk about uh the NTHP, but just really quick for those that are listening today, I know I have a lot of listeners that have experienced trauma. A lot of, um, I have everything from sexual abuse is, is, or childhood trauma to being abused, uh, in marriages and, and things like that. And right. one of the things that I found really inspiring about your story is despite all of it, I mean, you literally did go to hell and back and you lost everything. And, uh, five years is a very, very, very long time. So how did you not lose hope? What kept you searching and trying to, to heal? What, what you know, was the driving it, it, force? Uh, it, uh, I came to the point where, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And, you know, it was also not just hard on me, it was hard on my family and I was distanced from them because they were in Canada and I was down south at that point. But uh, I remember asking my mother, was I, did I do drama all the time growing up? Is that, she's like, no, <laughs> was I a drama queen? What? And uh, you know, one of the things that she said, which was very ironic at the time, she said, she, cause she's gone through her dark night of the soul, not quite as extreme, I guess, but, but you know, she said, yeah, you just feel like th throwing in the towel, but where do you throw it? And it's like, you know, I thought about ending my life, but I never, I never really, I never attempted that. You know, it was a thought for a long time. And I remember standing on the, the street, literally screaming, nothing in particular, because I was just so frustrated and, and didn't know what to do. And I have to say, you know, that's a time where, you know, our, our biggest strength can, can become, and most of the time does become our biggest weakness. And I've always been a very strong person mentally. And I fought to get my life back. And that was not what was required. Surrender was what was required. And, and you know, not to make the, the, the path wrong, it, it led me perfectly where I need to be. And I'm in a, an amazing place in my life right now. But, you know, I, I think it could have been, it didn't have to be as painful because I really fought to try and get back instead of letting go. And I just didn't know. So that was my journey. And, and, uh, it was an intense one. <laughs> well, and this is the fast track. You can avoid all the heartache and uh, 
the severe dark night of the soul because Dane's done all the work for us. <laughs> uh, you, you did the five year suffering for us. We, we may have to uh, suffer shortly, but not quite as long. <laughs> so tell us uh, what exactly NTHP is, you know, we, we now know why you created it, but tell us what it is. And, and for the audience who's listening, I, I've had practitioners on here that have talked about NLP and EFT and EMDR and all of that. So tell us about your method and why it's different from those things or how it's different from those things. Okay. So, and, and the things you mentioned, some great stuff. EFT is wonderful. EMDR, I've done a, a, a not a lot that quite often, actually quite a bit. And with the NTHP, it's a left-right brain writing process that gives you direct access to your subconscious mind in a safe and gentle manner. And I coach for years. I no longer coach. I just facilitate this process where you get your answers within you. You make the connection intimately to the life within you. And it's a left-right brain writing process that is the foundation of the work. It's not by far as in all of the work, but that's how you're able to connect to that part of you that is stuck in the past. And just a, a little bit more about trauma, two things happen in the time of trauma. First of all, time stops. And what that means is the event that was too overwhelming for you, too bizarre, too outrageous, um, it continues to loop in your nervous system at that age, at that time. And I'm sure we've all experienced somebody, an adult, maybe even a prominent adult, who gets their buttons pushed and all of a sudden they act like they're five years old. And maybe that's exactly right. Something of similar uh, sight, sound, any, something that, that was similar to the experience that they had triggered them and the synopsis fires in your brain and you're right back there. You know, with a, an, a, uh, an addiction, the synopsis fires and you, you know, wake up with the fifth drink in your hand or what have you. It's, it just happens. And the second thing is, uh, we split off. And this is where the brain's MO is survival. It pushes it out of the way. And it literally becomes its own entity. It gets pushed to the subconscious where it continues to loop in our nervous system, trying to process itself, but it is not in our conscious awareness anymore. So, you know, those two things happen and uh, we time stops and we split off. So, and I'm going to ask for your help. Where was I again? What was I speaking about, Amanda? So that's kind of explaining the difference of the other modalities. Um, oh, yes. So if you'll explain what the NTHP actually is, which um, stands for neurotrauma healing process. Yep. And yep. It, like you said, it's the difference between, or it's working with the right and the left brain to pull it out of the subconscious, which I think is important because you do address this in the book as well, because I was, it's funny because literally as I was reading it, I would have questions and then the next paragraph would answer my question. Like I was getting ahead oh, nice. of myself, yeah. but one of my questions, which you can tie into what this process is and how we do this. But one of my questions was, okay, what if we have a pattern and we have no idea where the hell it stems from? What if something happened to us at five and we don't remember? Yeah. So yes. how does, you know, what is this process and how does it extract that? Yeah. And, and I'm just going to touch upon trauma again, because when we think of trauma or we hear the word trauma, we think of some huge physical uh, or emotional event that happened, a uh, car crash, act of war, being severely abused, where we know that we've been traumatized. It's a big T trauma. So the little T traumas are a little harder to spot, something like neglect, where it looks like nothing happened. That's exactly right. But 
if as a child we're neglected, you know, we start to get some ideas and come to conclusions about ourselves, which are not in alignment with the truth about us. So neglect can become trauma. Uh, if somebody close to us that was, you know, a grandparent or even somebody close to us dies, it uh, doesn't matter what age really, but if they were significant in our lives and they're not replaced or we don't know how to handle their passing, that can, you know, once again, we can experience a trauma or living with a high functioning alcoholic where um, it seems fine. We might not even know we're receiving abuse, but alcoholism itself is abuse that is going to be passed on. So um, trauma itself, you might not identify with it. You might not know where it comes from. And the thing is with trauma, how it will outpicture itself is a negative pattern somewhere in your life. Once again, might be with your health, your wealth, your relationships, your career, you know, your just overall happiness. But any chronic condition, I can assure you that you haven't been able to deal with, I can pretty much assure you of something stuck looping in your nervous system unprocessed. And one of the most severe um, um, trauma outpicturings, I'll say, is depression, because that doesn't seem like a, necessarily a thing that keeps happening. It just, you know, stays happening. So anytime you have any negative pattern, chronic condition, unwanted behavior, you're stuck somewhere, you haven't been able to get through, I can pretty much assure you you have something stuck looping your nervous system unprocessed. And so... Explain to us uh, the neurotrauma healing process of taking the snap snapshot, writing the compassionate letter, connection and relationship. Like, what does this look like? Um, because this, it was funny because as I was reading this, I was like, "What happens if I start?" Because I'm my, uh, I'm right hand dominant. I'm like, "What happens if I start writing with my right hand and nothing happens? <laughs> I'm gonna get frustrated." <laughs> but explain to the audience what. Uh, NTP, NTHP uh, is it, it, and how this kind of unfolds to help extract the subconscious mind. Okay. So NTHP, once again, gives us access to the subconscious mind in a safe and gentle manner where it's all from you. And it gives us, you know, how we access the subconscious mind is through emotion. And therefore, whatever's going on in your life, that negative pattern, unwanted behavior, whatever it is, we do a snapshot about that. We write about that in as much detail as we can. And from that, we ultimately come to a place of compassion. We want the next part is, is writing a compassionate letter to ourselves. And this is all very generalized. Until you do it, it's probably going to sound very ethereal. Um, well, and but, you give full blown instructions in the book, so yeah, you can yeah. summarize basically what we do here, but if, if y'all want to really know, you got to get the book. <laughs> yeah. And, and I have to say, we, we have a number of times in there, we say it was a challenge for me to write that book because safety is paramount, especially for what happened to me. I don't want somebody taking themselves to a place where they're not comfortable or they don't get the full result of the work or they're by so themselves. We, yeah. So we highly recommend you know, contacting us and connecting with a, an NTHP facilitator, a trained facilitator, just for the first little while, because we don't keep our clients for long, but to make that solid, safe initial connection uh, is key and, and uh, to make sure it's safe. So yeah, we do the snapshot, the compassionate letter, and then we go into the alternate writing where what happens in a time of trauma is there, this is a bit of a generalization, but the right brain gets locked out. So we're kind of unwinding what is in there and this is where it's a bit different from others is because this is not us doing anything, 
but giving this part a voice. Because what's happened in the trauma is this, this part of us has been shut down. It's been too scared, too overwhelmed, too, you know, it's, it's just been too much for this part. So the key is to create safety and trust. And that is our job uh, when we're doing this, this work is to make this part feel safe, not to try to change them, not to try to have them be a certain way, not to have them make you more money or give you the ultimate relationship. It's nothing like that. And what this is, is this is a relationship. And that's what makes this very different is this relationship that you have with this inner life, whether you're aware of it or not, is the foundation of all of your relationships and how you relate to the world. And it's easy for me to say that. And the only way you will know that is if you prove it to yourself, but you will see once you do this work and you go inside and you, you discover what's going on inside of you, discover why you're creating what you're, you will get to discover why you're creating what you're creating and maybe why you're not getting what you say you want, because you'll literally realize and, and discover that the inside, what's going on inside of you is creating what you're experiencing outside of you. And this, when you make a connection, you then get the ability to choose, to re-choose. And once again, when we do this work, we're letting this part speak. We're kind of unwinding it. So not making something happen as much as we are creating the level of trust and allowing this part to come back into this present moment where it's not happening anymore, where they're safe. And when that happens, this energy is no longer looping in your past, no longer all picturing itself as a negative pattern in your life. It's now energy in this present moment that you can use. All your energy starts to go in the same direction you stopped opposing yourself as such. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so if people are listening and they're curious about learning this technique, um, what can NTHP be used for? Like what I know in the book, you mentioned everything from finances to childhood abuse, but what are some of the things that you've seen um, as far as using this technique for and, and having great success with it? Yeah. And it's, uh, once again, any uh, place where you feel stuck or any, any negative pattern, whether it be your health, wealth, and relationships, one of the um, experiences I had, which he's in there, actually, I worked with him and I didn't know how he would do. Uh, he was a uh, entrepreneur, you know, businessman, very left brain guy, and he was supposed to have a heart operation. And he came to us and, and asked, and it's like, you know, I'm not going to say no, but I wasn't sure how it was going to go. So we, he had a, a heart operation scheduled in two months or three months, I think it was. And he worked with us for two months and did not have to have the heart operation. His wow. heart you know, came back to a regular heartbeat. And, and so that was phenomenal. Um, I didn't know, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. The body's the effect too, but uh, under all the circumstances, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. And that was phenomenal. And I think it's been six years now. I heard from just recently and I think it's his six year anniversary of, of having a healthy heart was uh, just a little bit ago. Um, chronic pain is, is enormous, especially a lot of people having chronic pain. A lot of times they don't know where it comes from, where it came from. So this, you'll start to understand why you're creating what you're creating in your life. And uh, once again, I really believe that it's the universe's way of getting our attention and taking, getting us to go inside. To, mm -hmm. you know, which is a huge paradigm shift that we're experiencing now. We're, yes. it, it's really bringing upon us to stop seeking externally and to, to go within with, because yep. the answers are there. 
we just have been so uh, conditioned to think that everything that we need is outside of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is great for that. Yeah. And I, I believe that if it's, you know, in my experience with this work, especially it's shown me that if it's not inside of us, then there's nothing to come out. So this fear that people are experiencing, this anxiety people are experiencing, this doubt, this frustration, you know, this might sound like, a, you know, a, be a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, but it's happening inside of you. Therefore, it's your work. And when we understand that these things that challenge us, these things that bring out these parts of we don't like, this is the universe's way of getting our attention and getting us to go inside. We are in a huge place of opportunity right now. And I, I can't help but mention, I listened to one of your uh, interviews a little while ago, and you said that you just want to be in nature and you just want to meditate and do yoga. And All the time. So awesome. <laughs> and I mean, that's just good for you for following that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're changing, we're evolving. And, you know, this is our collective asking being answered. Our answer, ask me, our answer never looks the way you think it will. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but this is a, a real opportunity here because, you know, this is our collective consciousness showing what has been stuck, lodged in our, our, our collective conscious that is up for healing. When something's up, it's up for healing. So, yeah, I agree. The old way no longer serves us. And, and yeah. we've got to look for new processes to help heal our mind, body, soul connection. Um, I'm curious, uh, how long does someone typically do this process? How long does it typically take? Is it kind of a, the full gamut of any, you know, six months to a year? I mean, could it take longer? How, how long does it usually take for people to see results? Yeah. So everybody's different, of course. And then I, you know, I've quickly even tried to figure out who's going to embrace it. And I def, I'm really upfront with people. Like we, we don't know how long it's going to take you when you do a first session, you will know, you will make a connection. And that, that's our whole goal for the first session. You make a connection and you will know. And it really seems like females are hardwired for this. A lot of times it's like males seem to be able to hedge the bet a little bit more than females. I think because females have access to more of their brain, access to more of their brain that they're they, more they intuitive can. as well. They're, they're I, not yeah, shut yeah. down as much as men are. I, because yeah. literally, as I, I was reading the technique and listening to some of the testimonials, I was thinking I, I could see myself getting in my own way and, you know, writing to myself. And I right. could see my ego popping up and going, This is dumb. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to give you the answers. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, let's face it, it, it looks, you know, pretty bizarre. I mean, this is not the world I am from. So for me to be, you know, demonstrating this stuff is kind of funny in a sense, because it does appear to be so ethereal. But when you do the work, you see how obvious it is. And, you know, it's not ethereal at all. It just shows you how you're working, shows you why you're creating what you are in your life. So it's like you say, it's just a matter of suspending that just disbelief just for a, a little bit of time, really, because it will show you in no uncertain terms how you're working. And, and I love you're... that you include examples of people's writing, you know, because that's the other egoic thing is I can't write with my opposite hand. It's going to look terrible. It's not going to yeah, look yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. As I see in there, no points for neatness. That doesn't right? matter. 
Yep. Some of these people, though, they write pretty well. Good Lord. I don't, some of these, I couldn't get that close to writing that well. <laughs> Done a pretty good job. But I think uh, that you, gets you know, better and better. I think that what's really great about the book is that um, from an organizational standpoint, I feel like you really did check all the boxes. You explained the who, what, where, and why. You explain, mm. you know, your dark night of the soul, which I think is really imperative because it's really what led you to this work. Uh, and helped you develop this system um, in a way that people can find their own answers. You know, like we were just talking about, the answers are within us. And, and it's such an empowering tool to know that we can extract that from ourselves and get the answers that we need to heal without, um, you know, that traditional Western system. And I love the fact that you talk about medication as well, because I think a lot of people that do uh, suffer from depression and anxiety and things like that. The, the old way was always take a pill for that. And that's not really treating the problem. That's treating the symptom, the side effect of what's occurring. And so I think this is such a, uh, wonderful holistic tool and the organization of the book really takes you on literally, as I was reading it, every question that would come up in my head, you would answer it within the next couple of paragraphs. It was like, you were always one step ahead of me. (laughs) Good to hear. Glad to hear that. It's fantastic. Which is great. And I love the fact that you included the examples of what it looked like and, um, you know, showed some examples of the writing style. You included testimonials. You even include meditations in the book. So you literally check all the boxes so that somebody who is maybe experiencing their own dark night of the soul, they are at rock bottom and they feel hopeless and they feel like there is no answer that, you know, they've, they've literally looked in every corner of the world for something that would help heal them. I feel like you've really um, gone there with them because you have and helped them <laughs> yeah. answer their questions, which I think is phenomenal. Um, nice. And what's your, your next book, Unleash the Genius? Is that what it was called? Yeah, in 2021. And that goes into the empowerment aspect, the soul recognition process. And that's where I didn't think, you know, people could go from dealing with a deep seated trauma to what I'll call spiritual liberation in the same book. So I felt I had to separate them into two. So Unleash Your Genius uh, comes out in 2021. And that goes into the empowerment aspect. And and that's phenomenal too. You get to learn how to feed your soul and, and, you know, fully be who you are. Ah, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dane, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, I, I think that the work that you're doing and, and, you know, what all you had to go through as horrible and shitty as it was, I think that it, you know, it had to be done. You had to go there. It had to happen so that this amazing um, tool could really be birthed from it so that people have this. And it's like a, a really kick-ass life hack to be able well, to. I, I wouldn't change where I'm at for anything. So uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank if you so people- much for having me on. I really appreciate what you do. And, and I appreciate you. You're wonderful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. If people are interested in learning more about you, finding a facilitator, all that good stuff, where do they go? How do they, how do they stalk you? So book is on Amazon uh, and in uh, Barnes and Noble, I believe. And uh, you can go to uh, danestevensonline.com. For, to learn more about the NTHP, probably go to anextraordinarylife.ca. It's anextraordinarylife.ca. And it has all the different, uh, more about NTHP and more about the packages. And, and also anybody who's interested in being a facilitator, we need more people trained in this. So. Uh, you can check it out there and uh yeah i think that's 
it, I believe. Awesome. Well, the book is called Reclaim Your Power to Create Your Best Life, Dane Stevens. Thank you so much for saying yes to this. Oh, my pleasure.